Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. Today, those of us who live in the United States are celebrating the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. While Dr. King wasn't a oneness Pentecostal, we do honor and celebrate the work that he did, the accomplishments that he achieved, working especially for civil rights for every citizen, regardless of their skin color. As we've seen in recent times, though, there's still a lot of work to be done in this area. And considering this, I'd like to ask two questions. First of all, what does the Bible say about race and racism? And secondly, how can apostolic churches and believers carry on Dr. King's work in the face of events that have happened in the last few years, including the murders of individuals such as George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and and the resulting riots and unrest that have come from all that? Well, first of all, the Bible is very clear on this subject. The Bible teaches that all humans are created in the image of God, that Jesus Christ died for everyone. So people of every race, ethnicity, color, uh, national origin, whether male or female, uh, they're all uh, equally valued by God, and they should all be equally valued by the church. So there are many clear statements along the lines of what I just said, Galatians chapter 3, for example, uh, Colossians likewise. And uh, there's a very specific statement in James, James chapter 2, that if you have respect of persons or if you have prejudice against people, you've committed sin. So racism or racial prejudice is actually considered to be a sin. So the church obviously must include everyone. We must reach out to everyone. We must value everyone. So we try to bring everyone to God. We try to incorporate everyone in the church and opportunities for involvement, ministry, leadership, should be open for everyone. The church should be deliberately um, inclusive, deliberately diverse, uh, not to be politically correct, but to fulfill the Great Commission, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Matthew 28, 19 says to go and teach all nations, to make disciples of all nations and baptize them. The word nations there comes from the Greek word meaning ethnicity. So it's not just geographical nations, but every nation in the sense of every ethnicity. It's our job to disciple them, to to win them to the Lord and disciple them. Of course, in heaven, people of every uh, nation, every tribe, every color, every language will be worshiping together around the throne. We see that uh, clearly. And so the church on earth should be a reflection of the church in heaven. That that much is clear. Uh, Now, uh, so I believe the church should speak, act, and be a model in this world. And we do recognize the great legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. When I was a pastor uh, on this weekend, typically on Sunday, I would recognize that just as I would recognize other major holidays or events to acknowledge the civil rights movement and how much it's transformed our nation and our world. And we're thankful that in many, we, we still live in a sinful world. 
Our nation is not perfect, but we're thankful that the civil rights movement, as represented by uh, Dr. King, has made a significant difference in our whole world. We're all beneficiaries of that. And sometimes I would even take that weekend to preach on uh, a theme related to justice or evangelism and perhaps even include some uh, quotations from Dr. King that will be relevant. But of course, I did not merely want to make a social or political application. I also want to make a spiritual application that Jesus Christ is the ultimate answer for the world and the one who sets us free and the one who values all of us. So I think as a practical matter, we should be deliberately inclusive, but we're not interested in tokenism. We're not interested in just trying to make some political statement or appearance. We want to be genuinely involving of everyone. Uh, we believe in multicultural evangelism. That is means reaching people of every race, every culture, finding where they are, finding ways to communicate with them on their terms so that they can understand the gospel and incorporating them into the church, uh, recognizing a diversity of backgrounds, of styles of music and worship and food and dress. Of course, everything should be in accordance with biblical teachings. But the point is, we are deliberately trying to reach out to people of every culture. However, we don't believe in multiculturalism, the idea that we should not have a common culture. In the church, we should have a common culture um, of the apostolic doctrine, apostolic lifestyle, apostolic worship. I believe also in our nation, there should be some common values. So uh, America, for example, was founded on some very important principles of democracy, uh, representative government, uh, limited government, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, economic opportunity, private property. So no matter who comes to our country or who's raised in our country from whatever background, they're welcome to celebrate their own cultural and ethnic diversity, and we can respect that, but we should all unite around some common principles or fundamentals that make us a nation. So I believe there needs to be a balance there. And also, I would like to say, as an American citizen, the way forward in these, in these matters is to appeal to the best of America. That is the Declaration of Independence, which says everyone is created equal. And even though we haven't always perfectly fulfilled that, that was the reason why we were founded. That's our goal. The Constitution, likewise, it has some very important principles there of religious freedom and, and even, of course, with the amendments, ending slavery, uh, rights of citizenship for everyone of every race, right to vote. All these are very important principles in our Constitution. So what we need to do to face the challenges of today is to appeal to the best, uh, to our foundation. Our foundation is not flawed. Our foundation is sound. Appeal to the Declaration of Independence, appeal to the Constitution. And that is what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did so effectively that touched people white as well as black. He said, we want to be judged not by the color of our skin, but the content of our character. He said to do that, we need to go back to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution because those documents made promises for every American, black as well as white. And then he was very candid to say in the 1960s, those rights have not been given equally to everybody, particularly African-Americans have not been 
recipients in the way that they were promised. So he said, this is an unfulfilled promise. It's an unpaid check. He said, it's time to cash the check. It's time for us to get our equal rights. And so he wasn't saying destroy the country or tear up the foundation. He was saying, go back to the foundation and be true to it. He appealed to what is best in America. And he used, of course, the Bible to do that. He appealed to scriptural teachings of justice uh, and equality. And so he appealed to the moral nature and, and he appealed to the fact that America did have some biblical principles built into its foundation. So if we'll go back to the Bible and we'll go back to the foundation, then we will know the way forward. And I do think these recent uh, tragedies that you've mentioned, America is learning. And, and I'm thankful to say that it appears that our justice system has worked well. And so if there is some sudden tragedy, my consistent advice has been, wait just a minute. Let's make sure we have all the information. We want truth and we want justice. We don't always know the whole story up front. That is not not an excuse for anybody. And it's not an excuse to ignore problems. We must get at the truth. We must ensure that justice is done. But we must do it the right way. And our court system is not perfect. But with the attention of the nation and the world on some of these situations, it seems that our justice system system has ended up doing remarkably well uh, in getting the right conclusion or the right result. So we need to respect that and we need to work to make sure that indeed continues to take place. So I do believe we need to be vigilant. Uh, I believe it has been right for us to draw attention to these things. Of course, I oppose any kind of violence or rioting or looting. Um, That is also wrong and that's a distraction. But to talk seriously about these issues, uh, to, to, to emphasize the need for justice, I mean, that's a good thing. And, and let me just say this. I would highly recommend that everyone read the speeches of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. There's a book, it's entitled A Call to Conscience, which is a collection of his speeches. They're excellent. And you'll be amazed at how much he refers to the Bible, how eloquent he is. I think you'll find it moving. I don't care what color you are, you will be moved uh, by what he has to say. And I think we could do a lot if we would go back to some of the things that he said. I think some people have gotten off track with violence and uh, with hatred and bitterness and uh, racism uh, and counter-racism, where if we'd go back to Dr. King, uh, I think we'd get a much clearer picture of what we need to do. Also, if you're interested in the civil rights movement, I highly recommend a three-volume series by Taylor Branch. Now, it's exhaustive, but it's great. Um, a great series of books, America in the King Years. Um, I think the first volume is, is Parting the Waters, and then uh, the second volume is um, Pillar of Fire. And then he has a third volume as well. Um, I think it's about entering the promised land. And then regarding Mer- American history, I do want to emphasize this because King appealed back to Lincoln, and Lincoln had a profound statement um, because people in his day were saying the Constitution allows slavery. And he was saying, but wait a minute. The Constitution was a compromise to get the nation started. 
uh, and it was never intended to perpetuate slavery. It came because slavery was already into existence. And so it tacitly acknowledged what was already there. And if you were going to actually form a nation, uh, you, you couldn't uh, throw away what existed. You had to start with what existed. And that's what the Constitution did. But he said the Constitution is based on the Declaration. The Declaration of Independence said all men are created equal. Every human being is equal. That was the principle. And even though it could not be fulfilled with regard to African-Americans at that time, that was the direction. Even the, the writers of the Constitution expected that slavery couldn't survive. It would have to be eliminated. And, even, and, and, and so he said in the Gettysburg Address, Basically, Lincoln said, okay, now it's time to go back and fulfill what we originally promised in the Declaration. Now it's time to update the Constitution. It's time to eliminate slavery. It's time to give citizenship and rights and voting to to the African-Americans, to everyone. And he said, we need a new birth of freedom, a, a second birth. The, the, the first birth was imperfect. It got us started as a nation. But now we need a new birth to finish the work. And that's what I would say as an American citizen. If we go back to what the Declaration of Independence said, we go to what Lincoln said, and we go to what King said, that will give us clear direction for moving forward as American citizens. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share apostolic life in the 21st century with a friend or family member. Finally, join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.